0: Welcome to another episode
1: of Sideline Sounds and Three Team Parlays. I'm Crouchy, he's old, you're listening to the hottest podcast in the Q and off She looked out the window a long,
2: and she
0: looked all if her hair was still red. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sounders and three team parlays. I'm Crouchy he's Oge. you listen to the hottest podcast in the q and off
2: was on the side the road rain on my shoes
3: the East coast knows I some
4: When you pull on that jersey, you represent yourself and your teammates. And
2: a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on
0: the back. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Saunas and Three-Team Parlays. I'm Crouchy. He's Oge. This is the hottest podcast in the q and Welcome to another episode of Sideline Saunas and Three-Team Parlays.
1: Hell yeah, brother. So, Oge, we are here for the year in review episode of SS3TP. Hard to believe we've been doing this for pretty much a year already. and. A lot of topics we've touched on. I never thought we'd make it three weeks. <laughs> Here we are. Oh, it's been fun. Good time going back and looking at some of the different things that we've talked about. Some of the some of the different questions from our listeners. Some of the just the funny things that have happened. Some of the great things that we've talked about as far as sports goes. Things like that. But let's... Uh, let's... Well,
0: I'll tell you, and I'll be fired up to listen. Because obviously, and those people that have paid attention know that I have put... Amount, the amount of time I put into this is what? No, oh, you drove to my house. Drove out here. That's about it. Yeah, so Crouchy's done done the, all the work for this. He's uh, put the time in, so I'll, I'll be fired up to listen to it myself. It's uh, going to be out, and when
1: are you going to put it out? New Year's Eve day. Awesome. Let's get into a couple of some of the topics that we talked about. Let's just get into this whole thing. Our podcast is called Sidelines, Saunas, and Three-Team Parlays. And the nonsense that we've dealt with with some of our, our listeners about how come you guys don't talk about soundness? Well, they don't pay
0: attention. <laughs> you know, you got to, if you're going to be a listener, you would hope, and I guess in their defense, some didn't probably listen right from the, the get go, correct? You know, they jumped in maybe 10 episodes in, but, you, you know, when you get the same question five or six different times from five or six different people, it tends to wear on your patience a little bit.
1: Do you think some of those people were just doing it to, Try and get under our skin? I
0: don't think so. I think as we went on, um, each and every one of them were just as naive as the one before them.
1: Well, we addressed this a couple of times on a couple different occasions. So let's uh, take a look, listen to some of our discussions on saunas. All right, Oj. Another redonkulous question about saunas directed our way. I'm not going to even justify it. But I got, the only thing I'm going to say about this is it is pronounced sauna, not sauna. That's it. This is the end of the discussion. If you keep asking us questions about saunas themselves, maybe this podcast isn't for you and you should go find a different <laughs> podcast to listen to. The sauna is where the stories are told. If we weren't talking to each other right now
0: over this format, we might be doing it with a ladle throwing some water on the rocks and maybe
1: some eucalyptus, but there you go in the sauna, not sauna. Anyway.
0: Are we into this again? Oh my goodness. Apparently he didn't listen to early on. Anyway, the name of your podcast is Sideline Saunas and Three Team Parlays. You do a nice job of the sideline and gambling talk, but what about the saunas? I know we've addressed this.
1: Well, you
0: know- You ev- hardly mentioned saunas other than to say you took one. Do either of you have any funny or interesting sauna stories? Please nothing weird blah 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 blah. He misses the cold water
1: hitting the rocks during one of our segments. He like he to wants him. us to film tape one in the sauna. Well, that is that ha- possible? I don't think so. The heat would destroy I can't imagine putting a, a computer in the sauna would be very good, but okay, so that's out there, Dwayne from the and <clears throat> flagging, but um <clears throat> yeah. well, you know every every podcast is somebody's first. Let's not jump all over your family member here, um, but we have addressed this quite a bit over the over the yeah. 31 episodes. Screwballs like Jesse from Appleton,
0: I believe mentioned it. Um, A Russ from God knows wherever he's at. Um, I think. uh, Fulton? Fulton Russ, okay. Dirty Eddie, Eddie from Waukesha. I think he brought this up. So a number of people have, but we are not a show that is gonna discuss actual saunas. I hope this is the last time we go through this. The name sauna in our title is because a lot of the conversations that we've had over the years that led us to this podcast occurred in saunas. Am I explaining it? Correctly? I think
1: you're I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. Ugh. So there's stories, a lot of the, the banter that we share with our of fans were things that we discussed as we took many saunas over the I, years. I did throw in a uh, popple
0: benches are probably the best type of sauna bench, best type of wood for a sauna bench to get through that in there. I don't know what else people want us to say. Yeah. So, all
1: right. Thanks, Dwayne. One of the more interesting things that came about on the podcast and you and I had traveled on spring break last year to, to Mexico, we ran into a, a little situation that was finding a needle in the haystack maybe.
0: Yeah, I would say that's a accurate way to describe the odds of, of what happened in Mexico. And, um, we're still in touch. We stay in touch with that couple. And who knows what uh, where that will lead to this spring break. But um, it's uh, a one in a million chance. And
1: it happened. It was it was crazy. Let's take a listen. How about an encounter that was unbelievable? Situation here, Oj. I'm going to say you had a better chance of winning the Mega Millions than what you're about to tell our tens of fans. Yeah, this and I don't know
0: you guys that are listening and gals that are listening to this, you can form your own opinions on the odds of this and and the reasoning for something like this to happen. But the story goes back to last year's spring break. Jenny and I were, that's Jenny bootjack I'm referring to. We were on vacation with another couple in Jamaica. And during that time, midweek, we got, we were just in the pool and, uh, we just got to meet and talking to a couple that was from Leeds, England. And I enjoyed the heck out of that. Uh, the guy, it was like he was straight from Peaky Blinders. I couldn't understand a word he said. His wife, it was a little easier to understand her because just with her job, I think in the finance world, she spoke a little clearer. But we chatted with him for probably two hours, had a good time.
1: And this is last spring, this break. Is not, last spring break. This is last spring
0: break. Yep, in Jamaica. And that was that was pretty much it. I mean, and it, it was good. We had had a you know a few beers in the pool together and and then just casual hellos during the rest of the week and that was it there was no you know no uh keeping in touch from that point on and and all of a sudden we're at day four and jen and i are going up to return our towels and i kind of noticed this guy that was heading down the steps into the pool and i stopped for a second jen keeps walking. And then she turns around and wa- asks what I'm looking at. And I see the sun coming toward this dad. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, this is it. This is, this is that crew. And there comes the wife and I walk toward them and it was instant recognition and it just absolutely blew our minds. So how, I mean. So this wasn't just somebody that knew about your podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. And <laughs> I mean, so if you if you look at that, people from different parts of the world did not keep in touch for over a year. Spring breaks were a little different last year. They have so that were wipe out the whole spring break thing. They have total different careers and whatnot. And they end up deciding to take their family on their vacation. I mean, there's other spots in Mexico, they chose Puerto Vallarta. There's plenty of resorts in <laughs> Puerto Vallarta.
1: There are plenty of resorts in Puerto Vallarta. And America. they
0: happen to choose or we happen to choose the same one that they did. And to me that is an absolutely amazing story. And we had had a blast in the next four days with us.
1: Maybe one of the biggest topics that you and I addressed and felt some blowback from was when we went through our our rules in volleyball. Kind of offended some people, but a lot of positive feedback from people like ourselves who watched a lot of volleyball over the years
0: did we make any
1: any hay with the mhsa any of these rule changes i think so they, they don't change benches anymore
0: okay so we did one one of our suggestions actually came through that's awesome yeah it's it's good when we can get a few people worked up i think that's part of the show business gig we're in so um it certainly worked for the uh couple from adora
1: <laughs> yeah the volleyball rules will maybe our marquee discussion point this year so let's revisit those a little bit Oge warm-ups
0: a max of 10 minutes for warm-ups and I really love that one I I I, we've got to cut that down the whole thing of banging the ball back and forth and kids getting hit and playing war they're playing war
1: it's entertaining for a little while to watch I I, but if you and I were playing on opposite teams we would be trying to serve and hit people there's no doubt okay and jump at the net a couple times. So.
0: so let's get, yeah, let's jump, knock that down to 10 minutes, get a little bit of stretching in there, serve it up, and let's go. All
1: right. Only sport where all the players are introduced. Yeah. It's, it's awkward for
0: every single one of them with that little wave they yeah. got to do. I, and then like kicks. And the first time I saw that, it was awkward. I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, no, so no, that, what,
1: no other sports do it. Now, again, we're not just trying to be, lippy cocky guys all their
0: names are in the program
1: yeah everyone is listed no other sports introduce everybody else no they don't do it
0: that's going to cut down a few minutes also okay another one eliminating
1: changing of benches after games well i think one of the positive things that came out of the pandemic was i think they stopped doing that quite as much now they don't do it all the time no other sport are you changing benches you know if you're playing in a basketball game one half that your team's going away from you second half they're coming towards you
0: you know what they should do with that is all the fans in the section should switch to to stay with them then it'd be
1: or just stay on the same bench like you do in every other sport oh.
0: okay well then if we if they continue with that rule all the fans can switch to So you now every fan is walking right right by each other spilling popcorn trying
1: to get to the opposite side no let's just keep everyone on the same bench okay that'd be way easier now this is the one now this is this is a big one here no substitution limitations you can in volleyball i don't even know what it is you can come in three times
0: volleyball officials got to be the smartest people in the world yeah and how many times they got to go and look at their little Little notes that they have and cards and try to figure this out it blows my mind and
1: then they give the traveling signal
0: and then and there's and the complaining that goes on with that, some I mean, jeepers. Give these so people some for breaks. for
1: anybody that doesn't quite understand, you can, if you aren't in the game, you can sub in, but you can only do it a certain number of times, and then you're no longer allowed to play in that game. Correct. Think about that like in a football game or a basketball game or a hockey game or a baseball, anything.
0: Or they have to put a certain lineup out there, and then she comes out before the game,
1: Yeah. before the serve even happens. In a basketball game, think about how many times you substitute a guy offense for defense. Why can't you do that in volleyball? Why are we limiting how many times a kid can go in and out of a game? I'd love to know, and I hope some volleyball coaches are listening, love to know when and
0: when that rule was implemented, if it's always been there. But that is that drives me completely nuts watching that.
1: All right, now this is the one where I'm going to go off on. This is the one I know, and the volleyball people that we've talked to have all jumped all over us because they think we're just being jerks and stuff like this. But this this one rule change right here, not one volleyball person has told me why this is a rule. And I think this is the most ridiculous rule on the planet is that they require players to rotate in volleyball. You have to rotate every serve. Why?
0: And that goes along with the substitution because now you want your certain people to be here. This
1: is ridiculous. You don't tell your linemen in the third quarter, they have to play running back. You play your best players in every other sport where they – if you got a big girl, put her at the net. Why does she have to play in the back row? All I've heard so far is because that's the rule. In a hockey game, you do, your goalie doesn't go play defense in the second period because it's the rule. Well, I'm sorry. You can't play – you're the seven-foot kid in basketball. You have to go play point guard. Maybe it's because they're trying to develop these kids to be able to play all the positions. Make that's them called Little better... League. Better all-around volleyball players. They do it in the Olympics, Ugh. so I don't understand it. It's the only sport where you don't get to play your best players where they should be playing. Now, listeners, if you haven't noticed, this is the one that Coachie really gets worked up on. Well, again, I all the other ones that we've talked with people about, they get good. You know, there's a good reason behind it. This, again, I'm not playing my quarterback at tight end because the rule says he can't can only do it for three snaps. You know I'm not playing my my pitcher' not going to play catcher for the third inning because that's the rule. It does You, you should be playing your best player, and you've seen this and this is especially at the high school level. A team's got a, a big girl who's dominant in the front row, and then the other day she gets rotated out to the back row, and that's when teams make their points. There you go. Let's take out, you know, if well, it makes everybody play better. You know what? If I got a six foot eight, 280 pound offensive tackle we're running mm-hmm. behind him third every, and
0: one you might run behind uh, him we're going
1: to run behind him every single play yeah. you know so that part i can't if, if anyone can tell me the real reason behind it other than it's the way we do it i don't I, I can't deal with that so some of these rules are a little bit hokey i get it but that is one right there the game would be better next
0: and this one has aggravated me going back to my high school days i think we got to have some type of limit during the game on how many times your teams can cheer especially when they're losing yeah I, I just my goodness it's 20 to 4 and the ball bounces over the net and somehow lands to get the fifth point do we have to have the girls meet together and do whatever they do with their hands and blah 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 but it's they I do mean, it all the others no they don't how about when you score when you score a point you just point at the girl give her a little head nod and let's get the ball back to the server and keep this thing rolling we don't have to come together every time in the middle do some rah rah thing and yeah let's let's acknowledge it hey all right nice job nice serve let's go whap and you know when you're on maybe two three in a row and you go on a good run you can go over and and do a high five or fist bump or whatever you're into crouching but we, we don't no, need to a, do it every single bumping. time to have these Actually, celebrations. If anyone
1: knows me, knows I'm not in the fist bumping.
0: And they must practice this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's choreographed practice. practice. I mean, can you imagine having to spend.
1: Let's have it in, 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 in. Do they put captains in charge of that? I don't know. I, so we somehow got to limit that. I mean, I don't mean to sound like a jackass here, but cheapers. And as we kept getting better and better at doing this podcast here, we kind of dabbled with a little bit of social media and you know, Twitter's main the main site that we've used, but uh we got some people working on the Facebook side with us and a little bit with the, the TikTok, but Twitter's where it's at. And we, we got a, a pretty famous person that liked us on on Twitter this year. The one and only Victor Newman. The one and only Victor Newman, yeah. As we've been we discussed many times I'm a big fan. I actually just got done watching Young, Young and the Restless today and uh well, Eric Braden, the infamous Victor Newman liked one of our tweets. The president CEO of Newman Enterprises. He built that company with his own two hands. Wasn't he an orphan? He was born in an orphanage. Do okay. you know who married his daughter the first time?
5: Uh
0: No,
1: Ryan McNeil. He was
0: nothing but a punk.
1: Well, we had a let's start off with at uh one of our fans dropped off a little present for me the other day.
0: I heard about it, saw the picture, and for those of you that know or have been paying attention, this is as good as it gets for my partner here. Well, wow. getting getting this is like, uh, you know, probably bigger than winning any football game you've ever won, any awards you've got for coaching, because I can see the, the trophy as I'm looking at it right now on your shelf.
1: So, obviously, we've mentioned that I've been a fan of young and the restless basically since birth. That
0: would be an understatement of <laughs> yeah, fan. I've yeah.
1: watched it since probably middle school and still watch it. And again, Pete criticize me all you want. I don't care. I don't care. But uh and I even made mention that if somebody was gonna play me in a movie it would have to be Victor Newman, aka Eric Eric Braden. Yep. So I had uh a a parent of one of my daughter's friends, a nice lady, and she dropped off a nice 50th anniversary young and the restless coffee mug for me
0: and the way it sits in his garage I don't think it's ever going to have coffee in it this is a, an absolute trophy yeah
1: it's more of a trophy than I mean we're not going to throw some swill in there and wreck it so so I put a picture of that up on on our Twitter page right and I I tagged Victor Newman in it Mm-hmm. and what happened Victor Newman liked our tweet yeah, I think that pretty much means he's a fan of our show now, don't you think?
0: Well, I'm sure he's listening. That that was uh, when you sent that to me, Eric Braden, liking that tweet. I thought, man, this is a big moment in the life of Andy Crowe. It is.
1: We I can't believe we didn't ch- take Nikki Newman and. Jack is he Adams. still with Nikki? Oh yeah, they're t- they're going strong. Probably due for another divorce here coming up, but they've been together for a while.
0: Well, Ashley's always waiting in the wings, right? <clears throat> well,
1: she's remarrying Tucker. Which is making Jack very uneasy.
0: Jack's not a Tucker fan.
1: No, and it has to, you know, because business and past practices. But I think Nikki might be just, or uh, Ashley might be remarrying Tucker just to get back at Jack, making him angry. But <clears throat> anyway, you can tune in from 12:30 to 1:30 every day on CBS.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a big moment for sure, and I'm I'm very happy for you, Crouchy.
1: You know, Ojin, all the fun we had with some of these funny topics and these funny things that we've encountered. Um, one of the, the purposes for doing this is to kind of share a lot of our knowledge and experiences with different topics throughout sports, a lot of it geared towards the Upper Peninsula. And we sat down and we did a lot of interviews this year. I mean, some really good ones, some really good topics. Um, and and I thoroughly enjoyed that. It's always good to get different people's perspective and and, and sit down and talk with some of those people. And one of the one, arguably maybe the most famous in our group is none other than uh Bruce Crossing native Jake Witt. That was uh that was certainly
0: cool of Jake to to sit on talk with us, meet with us prior to the draft and then once again afterwards. That was uh that was awesome getting his take on on the whole process prior to it. And then, and then what
1: went down that day. So that was a blast. And when we, we threw this out to our tens of fans to, for topics they wanted to revisit the the Jake Wit interviews is one that came up multiple times. So let's take a little listen to our second interview with Jake after being drafted.
0: When did you, when did you realize that you, you were getting the call or did you know, just give us, give us a little bit of a, your thoughts on how that whole thing went down.
5: Yeah, it was crazy. You know, day one and two, I was just watching the watch. You know, I knew I wasn't going to get hit in those rounds. But after day two, you know, I had a couple of coaches that called me, a couple of scouts, and they said they were going to try to get me. in day three, they had these picks and these rounds, that kind of stuff. So I knew there was interest. I didn't know where I'd go. You never know. I had heard anywhere from – it could, could have been any day three to an underactive free agency pick, but I had no clue. So we started day three, and I kind of had on my – Uh, phone. I was keeping tabs on the teams that I knew were very interested. I knew the ones that had a lot of picks that were interested in day three, and I was keeping tabs, and it was going down, and I'd get a call from my agent. I'd feel my phone buzzing. I'm like, is this it? Nope, it's my agent. Get a call, and then there were some coaches calling me saying, we're going to go in. We're going to try to get you right here. So I'd pick it up, and um, I would would see that it was the coach, I'd think. Is this it? Nope. And anyways, it kept going through that, Uh, through rounds five six round seven rolls around and a team that was very interested in me they said they were going to take me in round seven because they had had I don't think three or four picks in the seventh round at that to start the day they had traded away three of those four picks or two of those three whatever so they had one at the very end um, but Indianapolis ended up selecting me, you know, there with that 236 pick. And that was crazy. I just, I picked up my phone. I felt it buzzing. It said in all caps, Indianapolis Colts. So I kind of thought that was the call, right? There's actually a cool video on YouTube. I think you could see where Chris Ballard, at the time he calls me and says, Hey Jake, we're going to pick it here, this and that. So I picked it up. It was, um, the assistant to the GM and said, Hey, is this Jake? I said, yep. So, okay, we're going to transfer you to the GM. So I picked it up. It was Chris Ballard. He said, Hey Jake, how's it going? I said, good. And I said, we're going to take you right here. And I kind of signaled to the people in the room that were with me and they got the idea at that point. And then he gave the phone to coach Steichen. We talked for five, 10 seconds, said, we're excited to have you and uh, hung up the phone. And that was probably three, four minutes before it came on the TV. So we we're just sitting there. We were all excited, but the true moment of excitement and realization was when it came across on the TV. So that was, it was an awesome time. You know, I had a bunch of great friends, family. We had it downstate uh, at my uncle's place. So my grandparents were able to be there and it was a lot of fun.
1: And who could forget, I think this was the first interview we did on location. We sat down with somebody you're pretty close with in a, in a location you're very familiar with. None other than your coach, Tom Bimbo Cottle.
0: Yeah, downtown Ewan, South Branch. Got ourselves a little table in the back corner and uh and let Bimbo go for about twenty minutes. It was beautiful.
1: And and trying to get a word in edgewise was, was a difficult <laughs> thing because once he got rolling, we could have probably sat and talked with him all day long.
0: Tried to come up with some positives, right? And he just kept going back
1: to the, all those tough losses. And no matter what we said he was gonna he had his story to tell and uh that was a real enjoyable one for sure.
2: I, I thought that team uh, was maybe one of the best teams that I ever had because we had some size. We had Dave Besson in, of course. Uh, 80, 81, 82, 83. I think we won 90-some games and well, lost like a, a six or
0: something like that. Let's get right into, you know continue the, the painful memories here but these are just the ones I remember as a kid you just mentioned 83 that 83 84 so the year after that you guys had a tough loss to Dollar Bay in the districts and Dollar Bay was loaded with some good teams in that time
2: too oh you had uh, some great battles okay Andre okay, in okay. That yeah Bronzik had a really good team in 84 my center is sitting right over there uh, Steve Johnson six seven center but anyway we had a pretty decent team. We had two guys left over from the 82 team, Tim Pocus and Wayne Pokey. Pokey didn't see a lot of time on that team, but he was a good player. And we had Matt Cod and big guy, Steve over there. Bobby Milo. Yeah, Bobby Milo. Anyway, we had the lead. We had a full court press. I think Bronzik had two starting fives at that time. He'd rotate them and they were how both could. But we I, only I, had one.
1: I remember as a little kid, those kids, this uh, is the Four anyway. and the oh, we had, and I loved, those
2: guys. I love to play Jim bronze we had, we had battled and battled and battled. Uh, anyway, Bobby Milo damn near stole the ball. The Clock is, time is running out, we're, we're ahead. And this Craig Yanji came down, Craig Anji, and he shot a rainbow. He must, because Steve was in the lane. Six seven guy big man, big hand up high. He shot a rainbow. When must have went fifteen feet above the goddamn basket and went in. And we lost. Game over. And over the course of this year, we've
1: kind of reconnected with an old friend from the from the old high school days, young days, who's kind of who's done done well for himself and uh kind of developed a relationship with Northern Arizona basketball.
0: Yeah, it's been fun. Uh got to know Shane Burkar knew him well, not well, but i not didn't know him as well as you did back in the early nineties and eighties, but got to know him a little bit, and we've certainly got to know him a lot more here recently and it's been fun following coach Burkar and the lumberjacks,
1: yeah, so we had a we we, we sat down with him a couple of different times, just a little bit about his to hit his story about how he got there, his relationship with Tom Izzo, and then how about the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks taking a trip to Yukon to, to play them the night they hung the banner. So we got a couple clips from, from Coach Burkar.
6: Hey guys, hey, Andy and Mike, that's the last time I'll use your first names for the podcast. But, hey, we're going to have a lot of fun on this tonight. But the one thing I want to be serious about, you guys do a great job. Um, I'm on number – episode 15, and I'm the guy who has to go on order. So I can't wait to catch up with everything with Coach Solani and Coach Warner on your podcast. Um looking forward to listening to that. But you guys, I'm I'm being dead serious. It's great to listen to. I like when the new ones are released and I'll catch up and I'll be mad like the other. And I know I know you're full of it there, Crouchy. You got more than tens of fans. And I'll be one of those fans complaining when you're not setting it out Sunday night or Monday. So but I'll, I'll tell you what no matter what happens our team will be better for that game yeah no that's if you you guys were great athletes would you rather play that game like if you said hey oh and Andy let's go play UConn. they're gonna hang the banner that night when do we leave let's go play
1: and one of the topics that we kept diving into was something that Paul Peterson had referred to the to the game of the century the 1984 game between the Hancock Bulldogs and Lakeland and Hubbell Lakes, the whole saga how the Hancock had gone undefeated for two years, didn't make the playoffs. Lakeland had a lead and got worn down at the end in one of, arguably one of the, the the greatest games played in the Copper Country. Yeah, and like I was 12 years old and obviously was not at that game, but
0: after listening to... The coaches involved and one of the players involved and you, it feels like I was at the darn game. So it was a lot of fun listening to those guys
1: talk about that and reminisce about that game. So let's hear a little bit from Coach Warner, uh, Coach Solani and then we also sat down with uh, the former Hancock Bulldog, uh, Chris Givens. So uh, Coach Warner, the Lakes played a phenomenal first half that game. And what, what is your recollection of this game that Paul Peterson has dubbed the
7: game of the century? Yes, it was quite a football game. We took a seventeen to nothing lead. We practiced late all week. Okay, wait, wait. Seventeen to nothing. How
1: do you how, eight plus eight is sixteen?
7: I thought it was seventeen to nothing. How do you get a,
1: how do you get seventeen in Lake Linden? Field goal. Kicked a field goal. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, we had a great kicker in Rudy Wortman back yeah. in those days, which yeah. comes into play.
7: We had we. we we ran an unbalanced line left on the first play of the game, and he went untouched. Must have been close to 50 yards, I would think. Paul Heidi, number 44, Paul went 45 Heide. yards untouched. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we played well in the whole first half. But I will say this. It was a very, very hot day for mid-October. And we had, of course, the Navy pants and the Navy jerseys, and they had their white on. Now, I remember... I counted them when they came out. I counted 43 white jerseys that day, and I we were under 20, as usual. And I think it wore us down in that second half, and they were such a good football team that uh, uh, they may not have had a tremendous all-state players, but they were not weak in any position that I recall. And they had loads of depth, and they shuffled players back and forth the entire game.
1: And this is the, the time period where Hancock went the two years that was, they were undefeated, so right. they were no stranger to success. Oh,
7: no, they were an outstanding football team in my opinion, without a doubt. Uh, a number of people from Hancock said this was their best team in the history of the school. Now, I don't know if that's fact or not, but I was told that. And they played like it uh, in the second half without a doubt. But...
4: I played football in my life. I played football for Hancock. I went and played at Michigan State. I coached for 25 years, so I've been involved in football one way or another for a long time. And I was never involved in a more intense uh, game in my life, including college, than that one with Hancock Lake Linden. And it was uh, it was a battle. And you know, Lake Linden, we had 35 or 38 kids on our team, and we had some, we had. We had uh, kids who easily could have went both ways, but we didn't have to. We had, I think four kids on our team that went both ways. and that was it. And you guys had all your kids going both <laughs> ways. So you know that by the end, and it was one of those October days where it was, I would say it's it wasn't hot, 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 but it was unseasonably warm for that late in the year. And
8: you know, one of the the, the best things I in my opinion that came out of that game was, you know, Joe Rainey has a has a great story about when Coach Solani came on the bus that day and he said, you know, he's telling us we had our chances or whatever, and he ended it with, no matter what, you don't ever quit. You just don't ever quit. And Joe Rainey's got a great story because he he founded a company called Mason Gray down uh, outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And he was telling me one one time not long ago really when I was up north that you know he was in a spot where the the company wasn't going to survive and you know things weren't going well and you know he had a wife and kids and it was his livelihood and he had employees you know that were counting on him and stuff and he was like gives yeah, we're we're we were going down and he holds up his fingers like this and he's like we were this far from the company going under and he said, You know, I was feeling bad because I had all these people counting on me. And he said, I remembered Coach Solani getting on that bus at halftime at Lake Linden and saying, you don't ever quit. And he said, I just decided that I was going to find a way to make it work. And we weren't going to go under. And he was able to do it. And and now the company's flourishing. I mean, it's, it's doing really well. And, you know, I keep in touch with Joe and. He just texted me the other day when we were talking about these these podcasts, and he's like, "I think his the term he used was he said I I hear Coach saying that every time the bus is going uphill." <laughs> yeah. and, and so I strong. mean that's that's a that's a life lesson that you know I I don't know that Coach Solani that was his intent. I mean he's coaching us through a football game, you know, obviously, but that I think that's the value of high school sports. And the value of having, um, you know, you hear about coaches of significance and guys that coach with a purpose and things like that. I mean, you know, we we trusted him, we trusted him, and and we would we would do anything for him, you know. Well, and so
1: and that's truly you know, you know, OJ and I obviously, and then yourself. We'll get into that here in a little bit, but you know, those are things that maybe you don't when you make statements to kids and things like that. And, and maybe you have a different purpose, but the but the message to those kids, like I said, we're forty years forty years after that bus halftime speech, and and the impact it had on on, on Joe Rainey's life, and, and and how many other people over the years have been influenced by that. Truly, why sports are such a special thing. We are very happy that you were able to join us here on the podcast. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of our listeners that are that are anxious to hear what Coach Gibbs has to say. So thank you so much for joining us.
8: Thanks. Nice to meet you you too, Mike. And, and again, I I appreciate you guys having me on. And, um, I know that the pod is relatively new for you guys, but what I've heard has been, has been excellent. And I know the other people I've talked to that have, have checked in and listened are, are pretty excited for, um, what's to come. And so, um, know good good work by you guys and and I hope you'll keep it up
1: you know one of the things that you and I have encountered here is some of the things that have come up where that maybe aren't as necessarily planned things that we've just kind of stumbled upon you know I know sometimes I have a couple of these sayings that you know maybe rub you the wrong way and you want to (laughs) whap my pee-pee but there's been some some funny funny lines some funny topics that, that have come up um I think the first one on here is going to be one that a lot of people are going to enjoy hearing again. But it's so a lot of these different things, different clips from some of the funny things that have happened.
0: Yeah, and what would we have done without Mel Tucker making that phone call, huh? In Sweden. Oh, my God. You heard me right.
1: Are you going to have to go to a camp?
0: Uh, well, I'm not really sure. Um, get it. Let me read a little. we got to find out some more info. Uh, this this event will be happening so sex, under the so guidance s- of, the, yeah, so sex is a sport in Sweden. Oh my. This event will be happening under the guidance of the Swedish Sex Federation. Yeah, see, this is.
1: <laughs> Are little, you sure this is from one of the websites you the look at? The problem is I'm finished. <laughs> I do have a
0: little Sweden, in me on my mom's side, but um, sexual, <laughs> sexual orientations and genders will take part in it. Uh, details, it's in Gothenburg, Sweden, June 8th, so when is that? I, I'd actually could. Uh, I'll have to get after it after next year, I guess. I'm
1: thinking uh, about jumping off this deck. Just, just wait now. duration
0: is six hours per day. Disciplines sixteen categories. Stay with me here, now Trochi. Twenty participants. Remember, oh, this is a family show. Well, Marine asked. <laughs> uh, starting June eighth, the European Sex Championships will go on for six weeks. Participants will engage in sexual activities from forty-five minutes to an hour each each day While you're in out. solo matches. <laughs> No, I'm umping, not refing. I'm not involved. Great. Those days are gone. The sex section may last up to six hours Holy per day. God. Oh, Jesus. Okay, before we move on, but list you... the list disciplines. No, it's a family oh, show. Oh, Seduction. <laughs> Prelude. Massage of various parts of the body. Massage of the erotic zones on the opponent's body. Oral sex penetration. Please stop. Please stop. Oh my god! (laughs) How to apply? All right, that's for if you want to get involved. So I don't know. I got to look at the. Is there? I bet there's a website for that. Holy moly! So yeah, I got to look at. And this is a real thing. It's a real thing. You think I'm making this up? Well, I participants will earn five to ten points in each discipline by the audience and a committee of five judges. So there you go. That's where. That's my goal.
1: Does size matter?
0: <laughs> we got to move on. Give me another question. So thank, thank you, you,
1: Marine. So you're gonna, holy cow! I'm, oh, Jesus. by the way, I want to noted before the FCC comes after us, I was gonna pump football. It's a sport. <laughs> Info at
0: SwedishSexFederation.com.
1: There you yeah, go. We are not promoting that website by any means here.
0: Thank you, and we'll. We just touched feet under the table. That is just <laughs> awful.
1: Oh my god! Oh, it doesn't like
2: it. You should oh. see. Yeah, I might, this even might be end into the, the show <laughs>
0: here. <laughs> Just, Let's move on to 26 okay. before I vomit. A little bit about it. A teaser. Yeah. Do you want me to hold that clipboard? Oh, is he driving me nuts with this clipboard? You guys wouldn't believe it. Is it. He switched it from hand to hand. It's bouncing around in here. God. This isn't about a game in particular. It's about me being a 12-year-old kid riding over from the Ramada Inn with a crew of my dad's buddies. and and the radio is on trying to, you know, get the pregame show or listen to the coaches interviews. And there is a radio announcer that
1: shall remain nameless. Yeah, We can't bring it up, but he, we've just, we, we've all had the slip of the tongue. We've all <laughs> had the slip of the tongue where it, what we were thinking in our head did not come out, but, this is one of the, maybe the, it's not even pr- very well known outside of some circles, so there's a lot of people throughout the... I'll try to reenact it the best I can, so <laughs> now
0: you just got a picture me as a 12-year-old in the back seat, and the radio is on, and all of a sudden you hear, welcome, UP basketball fans, to the campus of Northern Michigan University and Hedgefield Cockhouse
1: <laughs> for today's regional basketball. Boj where do you stand on the ed- etiquette of returning food at a restaurant? Oh, again, is if, there is there a background here with Judd? Does he?
0: I am not sure. I don't know if I've ever been at a restaurant with Judd from Hillsboro.
1: Um, he might. It sounds like he might have had a couple too many packs ribbons.
0: I think the biggest, the one that comes to mind for me with that would just be the a steak. You go to a restaurant, you order a steak, you want it done the right way, and if it's if it's not, you got to send it back. But then you piss off the people cooking, right? I did that one time where I ordered one that was medium, and it came back. It, it, I mean, this thing was raw. So I asked, and it, I'm not really good with that. I don't like ruffling feathers. Mm-hmm. So I asked the waitress nicely. I said, it just it's a little too red for me. Could you take it back? And of course, guess how it came back? With a big loogie on it. Well, possibly, but no, it was like charcoal. Mm-hmm. It was just shoe leather. Totally cremated it. Yeah. So that was great. Um, That's. What's your thoughts on that?
1: I'm just gonna eat it. I'm not sending. You're just that. gonna I, eat it. Yeah, I'm not sending things back.
0: What if there's? I mean, now you have an issue. You're you're kind of a weak stomach. Yeah. So if you, what if what if there's a pubic hair in your spaghetti?
1: Then I'm not eat. I don't have to eat it, but I'm not gonna send it back.
0: You won't send it back. I. Do.
1: Well, what, what when you send it back? If there's a pubic hair in there. <laughs> Which I'm a little concerned. So, <laughs> that was... They'll just take the pubic hair and say sorry. Well, I'm not sure why you put pubic hair <laughs> in your food, oil, but probably for a different, a different, it might go back to, it might go back to Sweden. <laughs> oh, oh. But yeah, I'm just, I, I'm not going to piss off the people cooking it because there's nothing good that's going to come from it. You know, there's nothing good that's going to come from it. So I'll, I'd probably just suck it up and eat it. But all right. Thanks, Judd.
0: It's always tough to prove consensual phone sex. <laughs> That's been a big, big issue with a lot of people I've known oh, over God. the years.
1: I read that in the free press and I can't, I just, I'm, I'm still just, uh, I think this is like a, a hidden camera show or something. this is, this can't be real. got to be tough walking <laughs> practice the next day after that comes out. In hey public. coach, call me. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know. Uh, but again, I, I feel bad for the program. You know, I I do root for them. I li- I like Mark Dantonio. I like Barnett, but it just I feel bad for the kids, and I I just don't see things turning around there real quick. And and here's the thing, and here here's why, this is an issue. Um, and and they have to get rid of them. How do you how do you if your Mel Tucker walk into a parent's living room to recruit <laughs> their kids, right? Yeah, you don't. It's it's over. Yeah, and I don't know that he'll be back in the college ranks, but um, I think Michigan State has to part ways with them which obviously they will and you know anyway anything else you want to add on this before no
0: but i guess we got to touch on you mentioned talking about the jets a little bit i guess that's the last little bit before we move on um what were your thoughts on the whole
1: aaron Rodgers injury situation well there's no uh there's no secret that we have uh, absolutely bashed him and his weirdness and ego and Allah had his departure from Green Bay, um, and then again, he's really rubbed me the wrong way in the last couple of years here. But you don't ever want to see a guy get go out like that. Um, <laughs> four plays in, uh, you know, it's it's something I, I'm familiar with. I, I recall a situation. Again, we...
0: we talk about Mel Tucker. You shouldn't mention being rubbed the wrong way. <laughs> I think You got to use a better better words. But anyway, let's. Uh, yeah. I just want to. I hope that if I if I seem distracted today, listeners, it's because I am. Like I said, I got to get moving here, and um, I hope this came out okay and people can actually can hear. We, I don't know. Like Once hope, again, this is all. We I do answer. not want to be... them
1: to see this. You do not want to see this video with with this shirt off. It is creepy.
0: Yeah, but, well, I I just crawled out the racks.
1: To try to eliminate aggressive play on that first free throw. That was the justification I got the reading about the, the rule change. Yes. To eliminate aggressive play on rebounding because of the one and one. Holy God! That are we?
0: I mean, we're gonna soften up that much? That's what that reasoning is. Yeah. Where'd you read that? I read it on the. I read.
1: It, I was reading an article about it.
0: And, um, well, that's absolutely week. pathetic. The one and one is. I, I love the one and one. Well, and that, that's it's great pressure on that that first free throw. They just move the lanes back, the 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 squares, you know the avoid some of the contact what kind of aggressive
1: play is boxing there, out isn't there aggressive play on the on the second free throw anyway i mean
0: so we're just gonna yeah so it moves to the second free throw so, oh jeez. so now i wasn't even aware of this other than you know when i read the the question and just i did not research that at all so i had no clue but that is complete garbage
1: seems to me like we're making rules for the sake of rule changes and and i've seen this with basketball there's so much nonsense you know they get together each year and decide okay we have to change something you know speaking of stupid free throw rules why can't we put more than three people on a side to rebound come on guys
0: so that's no, what we don't want people getting hurt too physical yeah well no that's that is uh Maybe we that's could actually re- annoying me right maybe now maybe we bit. could
1: require shooting sleeves to help pad the arms up i don't know about affecting the end of game strategy i guess well it, it's going it, to a little well here's the other thing it automatically it automatically makes the game longer for sure right because let's be honest how many front ends of a one-on-one one are missed and you, and, you know, you, and you know dang well the drama with the shooting the free throws and the spitting the ball and walking into the lane and slapping fives and you know, hey, good job, buddy. Make this one, all that. Think of all the close games and
0: people we've discussed over the years and go, holy crap, this team lost by three. And, uh, you know, sh- shit, they missed three front ends of the one-on-one in the yeah. fourth quarter. You know, the, great pressure situations for those kids. And, yeah, so I, I think that rule is completely
1: garbage. And, and it will. I haven't sat down to think about it, mainly because I don't coach basketball anymore, but it will affect. I mean, I, I think you got to put more, more – time and effort into finding out who you're going to follow at the end of the game. now be just because of it. Yeah. You know, probably. I mean, you still want to follow
0: people, but yeah, I, I, I don't like Good the question. Rule. No, but I'm a little aggravated by it.
1: So and I guess we can't review the year 2023, uh, properly. If we don't revisit our uh, episode, our, our visit from George Tordzik and the Bucks and Booze podcast.
0: Yeah. The day we were roofied, he, uh, attempted to sabotage our show unsuccessfully or maybe successfully whichever way you look <laughs> at it but no, we had a blast with George that that night and uh that was uh that was an episode to remember for sure
1: well if we could <laughs> so we'll hear hear a little bit from that from the clip there and then the, I guess the part of the the funniest part of that is other than the fact that you and I got got hammered on bourbon was the the bike story that I told two weeks in a row And I answered the same question differently two weeks in a row. Yeah, so uh, Bucks and Booze played a big role in our uh, funsies this year. Uh, But George, tell us a little bit about Bucks and Booze. Um, It it, it sounds like it's it's a hunting and a a drinking show, but it it really isn't. The the story of why you're doing this podcast is absolutely amazing.
3: Cool. Yeah, I'd love to. And before we do that... It is about drinking, too. <laughs> and so we always start off every episode with something. So we're going to, today... About time we got to this yeah, part Yeah, we're going to have a little taste today, or a lot of taste, whatever you want, of Detroit City Distilleries Ford grain bourbon. And we'll come back towards the end after we've had a chance to try it, and... Uh, when it runs out, OJ, oh, feel free to fill it up. Well, and just it. so no these, years just so
0: these leakers that listen to our show understand, there's not
1: water in these cups with it either. So no.
3: one single cube of ice. Oh.
1: I got a good story on the the girl thing, because uh, so when we were in college, because obviously my wife and I have been together for since the dinosaurs ro- roamed the earth, and uh, we, we were both living in Marquette, but we never lived in Sin lived in separate places, and uh, it was a Thursday night, and uh, we were at a local tavern, and she had been over-served, and I know most of our fans don't believe this, but she uh, was an old tequila fan, so her place was close to the tavern that we are at, and then we had to go back in my place, I used to live close to like where the Superior Dome is, and nobody was driving, because you don't drink and drive, because it's bad. Don't ever do that. And um, she had a little tiny bicycle. So we literally doubled up on a bicycle to drive down 4th Street in Marquette. I think one of the tires was flat. And there was, and uh, we're going right down Frat Row there. And somehow, I mean, I actually probably should have had a helmet on. But we traveled from North... North Front Street to by the Dome on a bicycle, my wife and I, late at night.
0: All right, anyway, we'll <laughs> go on to the next. Uh... <laughs> Wait, did you tell this story last week when you were drinking bourbon? About what? This story.
1: About the bike? Man. All okay,
0: right, we'll have to apologize. If this story was.
1: Is this the one where we rode the bike? If this story
0: was told last week, then we got to apologize, but
1: I, I got to... You don't remember the story? Well, go ahead and tell it. The one when we left the tavern and rode the bike down the street? Yeah.
0: Did, did I tell that last week? Well, that's what we're both wondering yeah.
1: here. You might have. Yeah. No, the time when we left the tavern, we were just going trying to get back to my place, and all, all we had was a bicycle and rode that down 4th Street with no air in the tires. Double on this little tiny bicycle right down frat row.
0: Maybe you just told
1: me this story and it wasn't actually on the podcast last week. Yeah, it was. I mean, Turner and I rode this double on this little tiny bike down Fourth Street from to get them back to my house because we didn't have a, we couldn't drive, and uh, all the frat parties going on, and there are people yelling, "Do a wheelie, do a wheelie!"
0: <laughs> nobody egged you?
1: No, no, we don't. People don't. People don't do stuff like that. But
0: yeah, yeah. so if if he told that story last week on the podcast, we apologize because, like I said, we were under the
1: influence <laughs> of bourbon. <laughs> that bucks and booze really got us, eh? As part of our name of our podcast, three-team parlays, we have wager talk with Oge. We like to get into talk about some sports betting and just kind of just sports in general. And a couple of things that came up here that people thought were rather funny was right off the bat, our Super Bowl picks. Oh, yeah. Who
0: would have <laughs> thunk about three or four months later, the my Super Bowl pick, the team is in turmoil and the coach is fired. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so you went you went with the the Chargers and and I actually went with I think the Bengals and Lord knows that they're not they're not going to the Super Bowl.
0: Not to mention the fact that when we started this whole thing, we were pretty pathetic with the NCAA
1: tournament too. We've come a long way, we have. Last week you said we're going to give our Super Bowl predictions. You got yours? I do. Do you want to hear them, or do you want to do yours first? Because you know you're one that sometimes copies what I do. Yeah, so
0: I think. I think the NFC, no, we have not conferred on this at all, so I have no clue what coach he's going to pick, but that was right in my ear. (laughs) All right, thank you. You're welcome. Um, NFC is a three, I I really think it's, you got Philly, Dallas, and San Fran, and they're a notch or two above everybody else, roster-wise, talent-wise. And I do think that the Brock Purdy situation, I I just can't imagine he's going to be on a roll like he was last year. So I'm hoping and thinking San Fran takes a step back. I can see both Dallas and Philly are on that 12-win mark. Um, so I got my Cowboys. As you see, I got a T-shirt and a hat today. I'm ready to roll. I believe the phrase is, you're rocking the swag. There you go. <laughs> they got the Giants tonight. They're a little banged up on the old line right now. But um, I, think, uh, I think Dallas is going to come out of the NFC and represent themselves represent their fan base in the super bowl in vegas so i got the dallas cowboys from the nfc and the afc side i made this point to you a number of weeks ago and i think the chiefs are gonna well we could have talked about that too that was that was some game on thursday lion fans i mean that was a hell of a game but that poor little receiver for uh
1: yeah, let's, uh, let's recap. I guess we should give that some do, but let's finish your a let's, few drops. Let's um let's finish anyway, our picks here first. Please. I am going with uh
0: the San Diego Chargers. No, they're not the San Diego Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know. You are still drinking that Kool-Aid, though, hey? Um yeah, I Herbert I might take him for a, a flyer on MVP, but I think uh you know, there's probably 5 to 6 teams in the AFC yeah, I think that the, can win compared the to the three. The AFC is much
1: much deeper in my opinion
0: uh and i just uh there's something about that talent that roster of, of the chargers this year that i think they're going to get it done hopefully their coach you know he's he's taken a lot of heat over the last few years for some of the mistakes he's made in some big games when they blow a 20 20 right. plus to nothing lead last year so i'm taking i'm rolling with them cowboys chargers super bowl
1: okay well i'm going to i'm i'm going with the eagles i'm not even going to dink around in the nfc I, I agree i think san fran the cowboys and Philadelphia are your, your top teams, but um, I, I like the way Philadelphia plays and that defense is going to be even better than last year. And until you can figure out how to stop the quarterback wedge sneak, I mean, they're going to, they're going to keep running it. Right. Um, but in the AFC, I just, there's so many teams, right? You, you want to get on board with, with Cincinnati. You want to get on board with Buffalo. Um, I actually, I, I actually think Cincinnati is going to come out of it, but my dark horse for it, and and I wanted to pick Miami. I wanted to pick Miami with all that speed and two and stuff, but I think to get to the Super Bowl, I think you got to be at some point you got to be able to just run the ball and, and and run some clock and stuff. And I think Miami's more of a NASCAR they're going to score quick and if they get a, if they're up by 6, do they have the capability of of grinding out 4 minutes on the ground? So, I'll probably go with Cincinnati and Philadelphia. And myself, not being the big sports betting guru like yourself, um, I opened my yap this summer and decided that I was going to offer some betting advice to our tens of fans and how they could make some money. And
0: I don't exactly remember how that shook out, Oge. Well, you almost single-handedly turned around the Oakland A's season <laughs> all by yourself. From, almost kept them in Oakland? From Gay Hill, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was something. I mean, they were playing the worst baseball of any team in the league by far it was triple a baseball and uh at best at best yeah and and you went out and and said you were gonna throw some money on whoever they're playing and become rich in a week oakland ended up winning
1: and double my bet if oakland were to win i would double my bet the next day yeah
0: yeah oh that's right yeah oh that was beautiful and and what they win how many in a row
1: nine in a row yeah
0: unreal so the a's how many wins mm-hmm. do they have the A's are at twelve and forty-eight right now, and they
1: just they just swept somebody last weekend.
0: Was it the Braves?
1: It might have been the. Bra- it was a good team. I think it was the Braves. They swept up to twelve wins now, and this I I know nothing about this. This is my own theory, but aren't the A's trying to get a new stadium? Trying Las to, Vegas, maybe. Yeah, trying to move to Las Vegas. So, do you think we're tanking on purpose and? trying to make it so that we don't have fans coming to the games and we can justify moving our team to Las Vegas? They were in the playoffs within the – maybe last year. I have always been a fan of the A's. You go back to the days when we were kids with the Bash brothers and Dennis Eckersley and, you know, been Steinbeck a somewhat,
0: behind the plate. They've been a somewhat competitive team the last couple of years. Yeah. But that Oakland, there was not a good – you know, the, the – wherever they were playing there, I mean, it wasn't – it wasn't a perfect setup. It's not quite as bad as the Florida situation, but, yeah, what a mess. What an absolute mess.
1: Yeah, so I just I, – I hope they're not trying to tank and drive it to make it so they can get out of there, but
0: – It's like a double-A team they got in the
1: field. It sure looks – yeah, they are. They're terrible. Like I said, if you want – I know you always give betting tips, but, you know, here's Crouchy's betting tip. Bet big on whoever's playing them. Yeah, they, well, I mean, they've got 12 wins so far. If you if you bet five, if you bet $100 bucks 5 days in a row, you're probably going to win four of them maybe five of them should we do it I I don't quite have the 500 bucks to bet
0: yeah it's a sad situation there but they're I don't I don't know what to
1: say about it it'll be like I said probably the worst
0: team in the last 50 or 60 years
1: yeah like remember last year the Reds were horrible and we were betting on them to all the time but you know they came around but the A's right now are well last week I opened my app well Discuss the Oakland A's. Yeah, and I talked about how you know I gave some betting advice on how if you want to make some money, you just bet on whoever the A's are playing because they're disgusting. They're trying to get kicked out of Oakland. The worst to team
0: and... within last forty to yeah. fifty years so, in Major League Baseball. I
1: don't know if you paid attention the last two days, and I just started two days ago paying attention to this, but they had a game at Pittsburgh. You know, the Pirates.
0: So, so Crouchy had let me know ahead of this that he was going to get back into DraftKings a little bit and start throwing some money on whoever's playing Oakland.
1: Yep. Just happened to be the old
0: Pittsburgh Pirates.
1: Yeah, you know, and I kind of thought the Pittsburgh Pirates were having a solid year, had a lot of confidence in them, and boy, did they crap in their lunch pail the last two days, and absolutely kicked my butt.
0: But the best part of it was when he let me know that he was going to bet on these teams, he says, and if they lose the first bet, he was going to double down in game two because they're not going to lose two in a row.
1: The A's had twelve wins all year. Yeah, and
0: they just won two and Crouchy bet on the opposing
1: team, so Well, the good news is I'm gonna double my bet tomorrow and you know who the you know who the Oakland A's are playing? Is it the brew crew? It is the brew crew, so
0: I think it's fastball Freddy tomorrow too, yeah, so you it, should be okay. At this point
1: can't lose there. There's yeah, there's no way the A's can win three in a row, right?
0: Oh well I haven't like I said, I'm I'm staying away from that stuff.
1: And we obviously can't talk about SS3TP without your favorite part of the whole thing. And, and that's the music side of it, which has been been interesting to say the least, a lot of positive comments from some people and a lot of, a lot of hate mail from some comments as well, from some of our fans as well. Yeah, who cares? You know, listen to the lyrics has become a staple of our, our, our podcast.
0: And again, I'd like to thank you on how far you've come with putting those, you know that music together because think about those first few episodes
1: we were playing a song off a speaker earhouse into a phone
0: yeah trying to trying our best to get it to, to sound decent but uh it's perfect now and and we owe you that gratitude for that because you are the man with that stuff
1: so let's take a listen to just a couple of the clips from the songs that OJ had us listen to the lyrics as most people know you were a pretty good athlete pretty fair coach but one hell of an elementary gym teacher. But we all know that deep in your heart, you've always wanted to be a songwriter. You have a taste in music, second to none. A little bit snobby, if I might add, how you look down your nose at other people's taste in music. But nonetheless, we've come to the part where we must listen to the lyrics. Thank you, Croce. Everything you said there was spot on
0: especially the snobby part in other people's songs.
7: Living on the road, my friend Was gonna keep you free and clean And now you wear your skin like iron And your breath is hard as kerosene Weren't your mama's
6: only boy But her favorite one, it sea. She
2: began
7: to cry when you said
6: Nobody
2: heard
6: us die.
4: Ain't no easy thing to do When it comes to raising children It's a job meant for two Alice, please believe me I can't go on and on Holding things together Gone.
7: All
2: your dishes Make note of all good wishes And say goodbye to the
8: landlord for me But some bitches always bored me Throw out them L.A. papers And that moldy bags of vanilla wafers Adios to all this concrete Gonna get me some dirt road
6: back street. Get off of this L.A. freeway Without getting killed A car. I be down a road And a cloud of smoke to some land I ain't thought
8: about
7: it I took my love I took it down I climbed a mountain and I turned around And I saw my reflection in snow covered hills till the landslide brought me down. Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Can I end all the seasons of my life?
1: One of the big parts of our show is we answer questions from our listeners. We've had a lot of people send questions in to us over the course of the year. Um, some people a lot more regular than, than others. Um, I don't know some people or are too shy to send them in, but we've had some people that are are pretty consistent sending them in, some good, some bad, some ugly, you know, um, some really, really good topics that we've we've talked about. But, you know, we also had the opportunity for some of our tens of fans to kind of send us a little audio clip this year.
0: Yeah, it was uh, very much appreciated. And, again, we had a number of people that threw some stuff at us for this little episode, too. That uh, helped remind us of some of our uh, more interesting moments, but yeah, appreciate all the listener uh, comments and questions because that's a huge chunk of our show for sure.
1: It is. So we're going to, let's take a listen to some, I don't know if they're called reviews or some comments uh, about SS3TP in the first year.
4: My favorite SS3TP moment is not a moment at all, but rather a theme. I've been impressed at how Crouchy and Oge have masterfully crafted talking about national sports, local sports, great moments in UP sports or Crouchy's Corner, as well as Oge's affection with just about any old school troubadour. Then somehow they connected to their personal athletic career, coaching career, or what they had to eat, drink, or did for fun the previous week. Bravo men, you figured out how to make your pastime into a future career. Best of luck for SS3TP to become even more national or international in 2024. Sincerely, David W. from the shores of the Benominee River.
3: Hey guys, congratulations on a fantastic year. It's been a blast listening to you as one of the many fans who've listened to every single episode. Just keep them coming. As far as the end of the year goes, I thought the end of Bucks and Boos was pretty fun listening to Crouchy stumble through that, and, of course, getting a couple of stories, repeated multiple episodes. But on a more serious note, I thought the interviews with the coaches were great and super fan of Jake Witt's interview. I thought that was awesome. I think he's a super stellar guy representing the UP. So, again, congratulations on a great year. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to the season ending and the start of a new year. Way to go, fellas, from the boys at Bucks and Boos.
6: Hey, Oge and Croce, Jesse from Appleton here. Hey, 41 episodes of the podcast, all outstanding. I can honestly say that uh, I was there for the 4th of July episode, getting beers and watching the -the behind-the-scenes looks at what it takes to put in the podcast, and you guys do it right. Keep on, keep on. on.
2: Well I woke up with no
6: way to hold my head. That didn't
5: hurt. In the words of my Czechoslovakian heritage, Dobres Dravi, it's been a joy listening to the vocal artistry of two homegrown self-proclaimed UP icons. Your finesse with the English language is paralleled by many, but seldom recreated. You continue to wow us on a weekly basis with your narrow, simple-minded takes on current sports news, life, and culture. The moment that will stand out in my memory is episode 38, when Oge and Crouch can't remember answering a question from the week before. Keep living up to the expectations of your tens of fans. On, Wisconsin! Roll out the barrel, bucks and six, go pack, go. Keep Crouch off the bourbon. Your loyal listener, here comes the Judd. Crouchy. uh,
1: Homer here from uh, Fox Crossing, Wisconsin, one of the five boroughs of Appleton. Just want to give a shout out to you from my dirty linen and uniform truck where I listen to most of your podcasts. You guys do a really nice job. As long as Crouchy's not drinking. uh, I really enjoy, and I learn a lot about uh, the UP. Is the fourth son of uh, two Uper parents from Manistique. Thank God they got out. Uh, But, uh, yeah, you guys do a really nice job. A lot of interesting guests. I think George was my favorite. I think he was the guy uh, that brought the the booze that got Crouchy a little tipsy. But... uh, uh, keep up the good work a little less uh, volleyball and track talk would be nice, but uh, all right. I got to get back on my route
9: Hey boys Eddie from Waukesha here. I uh, just want to Congratulate you guys on an outstanding year the podcast has come uh, a really long way and uh, and a, and a genuine congratulations to, to both of you, uh, some more than others. Uh, you know, Crouchy, you obviously, you're the rock behind this whole program. Uh, Oj, it's been very clear, and he's even admitted that He's kind of long for the ride, uh, more of a color guy. But uh, you know, all, all, all kidding aside, it's uh, it's pretty impressive what you guys do. It's not something you just you, you put together at the last minute. You're, there's definitely prep work on there. Uh, a couple highlights, in my opinion, um, uh, are the improvement that OGE is able to actually read a commercial um, as opposed to stumbling over it and pre recording it. Um, you know, the best episode of the entire year, in my opinion, well, I got two of them. The first one is the Bourbon episode where Grouchy gets completely schnockered for uh, <laughs> a very quick period of time, and uh, the second one is the ride back. With uh, with uh, some serious volume issues and uh, Oge, uh white knuckling through that uh, very minor snowstorm. So, but no, great uh, great stuff, great content, great interviews. Um, just uh, congratulations, fellas, you earned it. Well,
1: Oge, that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. It's been a good year, 40, 43 episodes, I think, plus some previews along the way that. Uh, I think we're getting better i think we we've we've improved ourselves a lot from this from the start to the to this point. well I know you
0: have i don't i'm pretty much plateaued.
1: I think you're doing a good job I think you, you're doing a heck of a job you get
0: what you get with me um
1: we'll see what we'll see what twenty twenty four shakes out we'll probably get into a little bit more now um some basketball stuff and probably still continue with the local things as well uh listener questions and things like that but you have uh any 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 stories you want to share with our tens of fans here as we wrap well, up our year in review? We
0: mentioned it earlier. We've uh we went after some people that repeated the same question over and over about why we don't ever talk about us. So here you go. I'm going to give you a Sona story. An actual Sona story. Maybe it's more of a lake story, but I think it, it needs to be uh it needs to be mentioned. So Christmas Day 2023. Those of you that know, it was very mild out wind did pick up considerably down at the lake we had the sauna cranking most of the day Uh, my number two son Travis and I went in the sauna at about maybe nine o'clock and he was bound and determined to go in that lake in December which I was totally against I did go in November which that was a a record for me so I was fired up about that but I was not going in that lake Uh, no way in hell So I wouldn't listen to him, and he kept pushing, pushing, pushing. So finally I got to the point where I said, listen, pitch dark out there and wavy, I'll walk out with you, you get it done, I'll hold the phone or hold hold the light. So we had to go to the other adjacent property, use the steps there, Um, went down, and I'm holding the light for the kid as he goes in and I'm watching that Jesus, this has gotta be rough. And uh, he gasps a little and yelps a little and starts climbing out of that water. Gets to the top of the steps. We're heading back to the sauna. And now, obviously, for those of you that know, all we're wearing right now is a pair of shoes to deal with these rocks. But it is 38 degrees or whatever at that time of day. This is
1: not going into the Mel Tucker
0: stuff, and is it? No, no, no. So we get about halfway back and he makes one more jab at me. Um, so I stopped and looked at him and went, all right, that's it. We turned around. He took the light, held it for me. Down the steps I went, and into Lake Superior, Christmas Day, 2023. And I'm here here to talk about it.
1: That's fantastic.
0: So back in the sauna, it was about 190, and laughed our asses off. And I accomplished something. So nice. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. You know what else? One we probably should do one one of these things for our year in review too, hey? Eh? <coughs> Just to kind of wrap things up. Here. That was a
0: cough, not a sneeze. At. <laughs>
1: Also, I also want to thank the people that have been, you know, thank everybody who listens and, and I, we do have tens of fans. I think we might even have more than tens of fans, but please keep listening. Send us feedback. Uh, thanks to the people that I, that are are paying us for sponsorships. We have Poor Man's Epoxy, Keweenaw Out of Body, Dreamline Restaurant, Level Up Embroidery, The Vision Clinic, and then our relationship with Northern Arizona. So uh, we're looking forward to 2024.
0: Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> See you, George. Talk to you later, Coachy.